Hello everybody, Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest, tracking the Toronto Raptors 122-104, not just win, massacre of the New Orleans Pelicans. It was it was a bloodbath from, from start to finish. They they held around a little bit in the first, but after the second quarter, the Raptors won the second quarter 45-23, and yes, the Pelicans made a couple runs, but... They, they never had a chance after that first half. So there's a lot of a lot of things we got to get into. And the first one, you saw it in the title, Pascal Siakam. Spicy P. This man's was, I can't even describe his game tonight. Another career high for him. 44 points. I believe well, he tied his career high. 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 of 10 shooting from 3, 17 of 28 shooting from the field. And everything this man was doing, he was it was perfect. We've seen a lot of people now, a lot of teams have the strategy of getting right up into Pascal Siakam and hoping that he he turns over the ball because he started off the season having a little bit more turnovers than we probably would have liked from a number one option, but the the defense is kind of adjusted by getting right into his airspace and hoping that he doesn't have the handle to get around, and we've seen his handle improve season after season, but tonight was just an acclamation of all the skills, all the little tricks he had in his bag. He was doing double crosses between the legs, step backs, and you know flowing from that straight into a spin. He's always had the spicy piece spin, but going from a triple cross into a spin down the lane with three people on you, it just a ridiculous night from Pascal. Five of ten from three. Imagine even saying last season that Pascal Siakam took ten threes in a game. Imagine just saying, you know, not even worried about the percentage, which is ridiculously high on that sort of volume, but just imagine thinking to yourself, okay, this guy in a in a regular season night, any given game, Pascal Siakam can come out and shoot ten threes. Shoot ten threes and no one gets mad. And this season, he's he's just looking so confident out there with his jumper, with the handle, as every everything we've been saying on every podcast. And when we played the Bucks, when we played the Bucks, I brought up how I was a bit disappointed in Pascal Siakam, not because he underperformed to a certain degree. He didn't have a bad game by any means, but he has shown the superstar capabilities. He has shown that he could possibly be that next A1 option on a top-tier playoff team. And those type of players are supposed to go head-to-head with the Giannis's of the world, the Kawhis. I'm not saying that he's at that level yet, skill-wise, and he's just developing into that. But when you see games like this, when you see him drop 44 points easily on ridiculous efficiency... I don't see a reason why it doesn't make sense to to have these superstar expectations or even, you know, superstar hopes for this guy throughout the season because he's doing all that stuff now. He has all the intangibles to become that player. And I think as the season goes along, and some people, this might be a hot take, I think Pascal Siakam is going to establish himself as one of the superstars in the league. Maybe not at the tier of Giannis or Kawhi or one of those players just yet, but... You know, one of those guys that you look at and you know is a is a number one key option and can do it against top-tier playoff teams. And let me know in the comment section below if you disagree with that take, but I'm amped up. I'm amped up from everything I saw Spicy P tonight. Just his, his handle uh, with that athleticism, I'm just, I'm just hyped. But, you know, the, the other player I'm pretty stoked about, and people that listen to the podcast know, my... One of my favorite players in the NBA, Kyle Lowry and OG, they're my two favorite players on the Raptors, and OG Ananobi tonight, 21 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. This man has been putting up numbers all season long. We brought up our expectations of OG, and after the preseason, some people were pretty down on him. I was a, I was a little bit discouraged from what I saw in the preseason, because we didn't see that much of a, a jump from last year, but I, I said this year it will be a successful season from OG if he builds off what he did in his rookie year, plays that 
almost it feels like all defense all NBA defense of stuff we saw in his rookie season and then can just be a little bit more consistent on offense and at least in the first stretch of games we've had this season OG has been way more than that as I mentioned 21 points tonight he's been putting up 15 plus 12 plus on a consistent basis and when OG scores over more than uh, over more than 10 points I know Matt Devlin brings it up every game but when OG scores a bunch of buckets the Raptors rarely lose and that makes sense because he's such a plus on the defensive end he's such a plus in terms of just how he can guard on ball and this year his rebounding and everything's elevated for OG on the defensive end he was already starting in a very high place coming into the year and now the fact that he's hit knocking down threes on a consistent basis he's shooting I think he was shooting over 45 percent going into this one and tonight he shot five of seven from the three-point line so that's probably gonna even amp up his three-point percentage even more and he's getting to the rim he's he's driving the lane his handle looks tighter he looks more confident and that was the biggest issue because I brought up on multiple occasions last season how OG during games he still had all the talent he had everything you know he didn't lose his skills by any means I think he got better from his first season to second season last year he did make a little jump but there were stretches through last season where he just didn't look comfortable on the court and that made sense being a guy that was in and out of the lineup dealt with injuries dealt with a lot of stuff he, he wasn't whether it was mentally there physically there he couldn't get in that groove with that you need to be even when you play a game of basketball and this season you know, Nick Nurse said at the start of the year, he's looking like he's a lot more happy, a lot more enjoying his time on the court. And that, that happens when you're just more integrated in the team, more integrated in the offense. And it's it's paying off in dividends for OG. The, all those intangibles that had everyone so excited his rookie season through flashes last year, they're, they're coming together. And, you know, the sky's the limit with OG, with that physical frame, that three-point stroke that he has. And if you can develop that handle, get more and more comfortable on the court, he, he could certainly be a, a force to be reckoned with in, in the future. And I know I'm uh, I'm pretty high on OG even when he's even during the lows, but I, I think he's just going to be a, an awesome talent. And another guy that I'm pretty high on usually on the podcast, Norman Pell, he's really struggled this season, had an amazing, the inverse of OG. He had a really amazing preseason. And then once this actual season hit, Norman Powell really has been struggling to, to find his role with the Raptors. And maybe that's because he was expecting to start. He was expecting to get some of those Fred Van Vliet minutes, but Norman Powell tonight, he he put all the doubters to rest because we've been talking about, especially on the last two podcasts, how Norman Powell's really struggled. And tonight, 18 points, 6 of 10 from the field, uh, 2 of 4 from the three-point line, 4 rebounds, and came out and looked comfortable. He forced up a couple of layups that didn't end up going his way. But other than that, it was this is the type of game we want to see from Norman Powell, where he's playing within the flow of the offense, he's getting his shots, he's knocking down his open threes, and... He's driving the lane and he's getting comfortable. We see when we see a confident Norman Powell, he can be a perfect he's exactly the ideal player of Norman Powell is exactly what this Toronto Raptors team needs. We need a guy that can come off the bench and give us instant offense and play defense. And Norman Powell's been playing great defense all season, but you know, he's been very mostly down. Not up and down. He had that one good game against the Chicago Bulls. He's been mostly down and inconsistent in terms of knocking down the shots and driving. So if we can get a bit more consistency out of Norman Powell, I know that's something everyone's been asking out of Norman Powell for the past four years, but this year he has the best opportunity to do it because he's going to get minutes regardless. If Norman Powell can come in there and get not maybe not 18 points like we saw tonight, but 10 points on efficient shooting night in, night out, Raptors are going to be a really tough team to to go up against you know we can we can talk about a couple other players so Serge Ibaka Kyle Lowry looked amazing in the stretches there they they played but unfortunately they both went out Kyle Lowry with a thumb Serge with a ankle injury so we're talking about that we'll leave that to the segments saw a bit of Matt Thomas knocked down a three it's always exciting to see Chris Boucher had five points he 
you know, not the greatest field goal percentage. Whenever he gets down in the lane, he kind of tends to get bodied, and most of his points come from refs bailing him out or, you know, the, the other team fouling him. So Boucher, I'm still don't on the fence about Boucher, whether he should be a rotation player, because whenever I see him in game, in actual minutes, not in garbage time, and he does tend to get bodied around underneath the rim, and that's where he's playing most, most of the game. And when he's not hitting the threes like he is, you know, it seemed like every every blowout win last season where he'd come in and he'd shoot three threes and he'd make them all. If <laughs> when he's not shooting like that, which he hasn't been in the actual rotation minutes he's gotten, it's it's a tough to see what value he brings on offense. And even though he's a good shot blocker and you know he's the D, I think it was defensive player of the year in the G League, he does tend to get when he's playing that post position. He does tend to get bodied around underneath the rim on offense and defense. So I think the key for Boucher to carve out a niche in this NBA is for him to get his handle better, take a page out of Pascal Siakam's book, continue to get bigger as well. But if he can get that handle, maybe he could play more the even a really tall two guard, a three, a three position, because he's got the jumper to be a wing player in the league. But it's the handle and all that sort of stuff is, is holding him back right now from being played on the wing. He's got the skills, but... It's tough, and I'm rooting for the Canadian. I'm rooting for the Montreal man's, but it's it's unfortunate to see him get bodied around a little bit like that. But you know, enough negativity. We got we got a big win. Uh, we're we're gonna swing it straight into segments. And tonight, the spicy P lay of the day. It's going to Pascal Siakam himself. He had this incredible. I brought up his handles at the beginning of this this podcast, but but he he had the one of the wildest uh, handles I've ever seen come from Pascal Siakam tonight. Kenrick Williams of the New Orleans Pelicans. He was trying to get all up in Pascal Siakam's grill, picked him up super early, and <laughs> Spicy P hit him with the, the triple cross, another between the legs, went down the lane, and just completely diced him for an M1 finish. And it was when uh, the Raptors kind of subbed in their bench guys, and the Pelicans went on a little run. The, the Raptors still up by like 15, 20. I think they cut it to within 11, I want to say. And then Pascal Siakam just said, enough of this, Had threw the spice on Kenrick Williams, or however you pronounce this first name and you know got that got the m1 for the spicy p lay of the day but not all plays can be the spicy p lay of the day and some just make you say oh geez and tonight the ogs play of the day it's going it's going to fred van vliet and this is unfortunate because frederick he's not playing bad basketball and you got the damari kill gold star award last last game but Fred, he just got to be more consistent, man. He's he's throwing up the shots, and you think that they're all going down. And whenever I'm watching a game and I say OGs to the screen, it, it's got to end up in the podcast for the for the OGs play of the day. And, you know, a few of those threes Fred Van Vliet shot up, they, they made me say OGs when they popped out. You know, the takes that he had. I like to see a bit more efficiency out of Fred Van Vliet. I made a huge rant on that last podcast, so if you want to hear that, skip to the DeMarco Hill Gold Star of the last game. But... You know, Fred Van Vliet, he did have 12 points and 11 assists. He was in five rebounds. He's, even when his shooting isn't that great, he's still doing other things on the court to be effective. He's a great defender and all that. But, you know, Fred Van Vliet, if you're knocking down threes, if you're knocking down your shots, yeah, he didn't make one shot inside the three-point line today. His his two-point field goal percentage has just been abysmal this season. So once he starts getting that shooting and, you know, like we saw in the playoffs, like we've seen in that first game of the season, once he gets all that back on track, he's going to be a ridiculous player. But tonight... All those misses made me say, oh, geez. And finally, the infamous, the one and only Damari Carroll Gold Star Award. Tonight, it's going to the injury gods because we've been pretty positive on this podcast and it's tough not to when you get a big blowout win, even though the New Orleans Pelicans are like one and seven. But the the game came with his losses. Fred, uh, Kyle Lowry, sorry, he had a he went out with only played 16 minutes with a thumb injury. 
And Serge Ibaka, he went out with an ankle sprain, so or a twist ankle. I don't know what the severity of it is right now, but hopefully we're we're praying that these injuries were just things, little little nicks that won't take them out of out of action for very long. Hopefully not at all. And then you know the the Raptors medical staff were like, okay, we're up by thirty against the Pelicans. We don't need to throw Kyle Lowry and Serge back in there. So hopefully that's why they didn't return to the game. That's why I'm hoping at least because. Well, both of them. They've been ridiculous players for this team this season. Kyle Lowry's having almost an MVP caliber year. You know, we we called him Kobe Lowry in the last podcast. Uh, Serge Ibaka has been absolutely on fire off the bench for the Raptors. So, if we lose both of those guys, and looking at the kind of bench depth and what our bench did in that stretch against the New Orleans Pelicans and almost blew blew this lead until we brought Spicy P back in. I, we're going to need some people to step up if we have injury. So we're praying for Kyle. We're praying for Sergi Baca. Hopefully everything is, is all right. You know, stay tuned to the Raptors side just if you want some more Raptors news. Anyways, the uh, the Raptors, big balling out here. Got two wild games coming up against the, the two LA teams on a back-to-back. So definitely, definitely stay tuned to the channel. Those are going to be fun, fun games to watch and fun re- games to react to. So you're the best for making this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Anyways, I'm signing out. Cheers.